Time for the can't-miss lock of the week. Oh, yes, Mr. Damon Hack, 1-0 on his locks of the week. And 1-0 uh, on a plus 300 bet. So I'm going to lean on you first for your lock of the week. Mine did not hit. So let, let's go with the winner here. I'm back to three stacks of high society. I love it. Shane Baker. I love it. I'm going with another one right around that plus 300 range. I'm looking at Colin Morikawa this week. He's a member at the Summit Club. How about a little plus 333 for a top five finish? One of the best players in the world with familiarity in Las Vegas at this golf course. Played so well at the Ryder Cup. The back problems are behind him. That's my lock of the week. You, you, you sent this in before I would sent mine in, yes. and I'm actually piggybacking on yours. That's you how are. much I like okay. him. I like Colin Morikawa top do. 10 at plus 155. I think Ooh, that's a solid okay. bet. And there's also uh, just a sneaky little one there on points bet. Colin Morikawa is low American, so best plain oh, American wow. at this event is plus 1,000. So if you feel like Colin Morikawa has a chance to contend, top five, top 10, yeah. and potentially win like you and I both think he does, he didn't win, but you know what? We didn't need him to win, D-Hack. Mm. Didn't need a victory, just needed him to play well enough. Just sharing the knowledge, you know, informing the people. I, this has been a lot of fun. Should we just stop now? I, I mean, it would be smart to stop now, but nobody does that. You, you, ne you never stop when you should. No, that's, that's the story that's the of point Vegas. of this. Colin Morikawa, I texted you Saturday. Yes. I said, Colin Morikawa needs to shoot 63 for us to have a chance. You shot 62. And even before it was over, I sent you the, the Vince Carter gift. It's over. <laughs> you, did, you did say it was over. <laughs> so you go back to Shriners. Martin Laird, low first round in his grouping. Thank you very much. Was nearly plus 300. That a winner. CJ Cup. Damon went. Colin Morikawa, top five finish. Winner. Morikawa, top American player. Even throwing in that top 10 as well. All plus money. All victories. D-hack undefeated. So, so fun. Should we turn to Jay Croucher, head of trading at points bet, and ask him, you know, what's it like to see two stallions like myself Be and worried. Shane Bacon? I mean, we are absolutely getting it done, Mr. Croucher. I love all of your locks of the week, particularly when they win. Uh, and I felt the Colin Morikawa one. That's a, it's a really smart bet because, you know, it's very difficult for us to price in something like, you know, how familiar is a guy with the course? How comfortable is he on it um, as an advantage? And so it's a good angle, and uh, and I'm glad you guys won. Jay, are you nervous at all for your position? Because uh, Damon Hack, as some say, might be coming for the throne, you know, coming right for the throne, buddy. He's coming. No, I, uh, I'm very worried. I'm deeply concerned. Uh, yeah, if you guys keep on hitting on plus 1,000 and plus 333 bets, uh, then, yeah, we, we've got some openings in the points bet trading room. Yeah, if we keep hitting those, we'll, uh, we'll let you stay in one of our three homes. <laughs> I, I do want to go actually to some of the golf. I want, I want to talk Rory McIlroy, obviously picking up a victory in Las Vegas. But we've talked a lot about John Rahm and his crazy value the last few weeks. So I was interested in when Rory was the best bet in terms of odds. When he was at his best, where was his numbers at? So we think that Rory McIlroy's prime was 2014, and that's when he won the PGA Championship and the Open Championship in quick succession. And back then, he was plus 500 to win tournaments. And that's basically Tiger Woods' rarefied air. You don't see that too often. So that was his peak. And then this year has basically been his low point in terms of you know how we look at him in the market. And so he was plus 1,800 to win the CJ Cup, and then he did it. So he's definitely on the way back. So when Rory McIlroy wins a golf tournament, we can't help but think about his odds 
at the Masters, his prospects. Have, have anything changed with his victory at the CJ Cup? Yeah, so he firms a little bit. He's still plus 1,800 to win the Masters now, just because we expect it will be a really loaded field. Uh, but he's the sixth favourite um, at the moment. So, as you can see, we still see John Rahm as the best golfer in the world, despite the fact that he's not winning tournaments. Uh, and then DJ, Spieth, Thomas and Bryson, just slightly ahead of Rory. But Rory's the type of guy where he's got the track record where it would not be a surprise at all if in five months' time Rory McIlroy is a favourite or one of the top two favourites to win the Masters because he's clearly got that in him. I think we see on the graphic the answer to this question, Jay, but John Rahm, the favourite to win the first major of 2022 at Augusta National. John Rahm has mentioned he's going to take a long bit of rest upcoming. Does that change the way you guys look at John Rahm when he does make the next start, say, in two, three, four months from now? Rest is a really difficult thing to factor in. I remember Rory before the BMW Championship was talking about how he was so exhausted and just wanted to get through the rest of the season. And then he finished fourth. Uh, so it's a very difficult thing to quantify. I think with John Rahm, like we don't look negatively on him taking rest. He's had an extremely long year, you know, two bouts of COVID, uh, getting sick off the food in Napa. He's played a lot of tournaments. I mean, I'm exhausted from setting John Rahm as the favourite <laughs> to win every tournament. So I can only imagine how exhausted he is from going into every tournament as the heavy favourite. So, no, it doesn't change too much. His next start back will make him the favourite to win again. Jay, what about Kyle Murakawa? Shoots that 10 under 62 on Sunday in Vegas. He's, you know, a fan favourite this week in Japan. How much does his hot final day factor into his pricing for this week? So it definitely doesn't hurt. Uh, your most recent round is going to be your most important in terms of just recent form. But at the same time, uh, it's just one round. I'm sure everyone's played golf. Everyone's had terrible rounds, incredible rounds. Uh, but Morikawa, I think the good news is that he just looks healthy. And when he was healthy towards the end of the season, winning the Open Championship, we were making him the second or third favourite to win tournaments. And this is a good sign that, you know, he might be back. And he might be the guy who really competes with, you know, the likes of Ram and DJ to be at the top of odds boards going forward. Jay, you see Ricky Fowler there at plus 2,500 this week at the Zozo. What were his numbers before the great week he had in Vegas? How, how much do those shift when you see Ricky Fowler kind of coming into form? Ricky Fowler is a strange one because it's really hard to just evaluate someone who has had a track record of being, you know, one of the best golfers in the world and then has since fallen off. Uh, so we need to see a bit more of a sample. I think the Jordan Spieth from earlier in the year is a good kind of analogy where after he did so well at the Phoenix Open, we didn't overreact to that. We needed a couple more tournaments of that type of form to treat Spieth as being back. So Fowler, we still make plus 2,500 this week. He's firm slightly after his good performance uh, in Vegas, but we still need to see a bit more from Ricky to believe that he's actually back. It's amazing how exhaustive, how, you know, you go through these pricing, these numbers with a fine-tooth comb. The last time there was a tournament at this course, there was a typhoon that changed <laughs> conditions. So how do you factor that into markets? Yeah, so we feel pretty confident that we can uh, price the market if there's another typhoon, um, but it doesn't look like there's going to be. So you're pretty much flying blind in terms of the course, uh, and we just really, we're not waiting too much to anyone. We're not giving anyone too much of an advantage uh, there's a lot of dog legs on the course, so driving accuracy will be important. But, you know, for the most part, there's not huge adjustments, as opposed to somewhere like, say, you know, Torrey Pines, where you know that you need distance off the tee because it's such a big course. Um, here, we just haven't seen it play too much. We haven't seen it in normal conditions. So we pretty much just regress back to um, everyone is on a pretty level playing field. 
Uh, Jay Croucher, and that noise Jay is hearing are the footsteps of Damon Hack just following <laughs> behind him. Coming for the gig, baby. Undefeated D Hack. Jay, we always appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Well, coming up on Golf Today, John Rom, Rory McElroy, Dustin Johnson, maybe Colin Kawa. Which player's best when they're at their best? Ooh. Who's the best in golf? We're going to discuss and debate this next. Back on golf today, some news today is world number one Nelly Korda will make her debut in the 2021 PNC Championship. Mid-December, Ritz Carlton in Orlando. That's a nice spot. My own course from back that in the day. That was your own spot. That is great, great course. Playing with her, her dad, though, not, not going to play with you, D. Oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm in the Corda Club now. You're in the club. I am. But what a great opportunity. You see major championship winners and players' championship winners competing with their children, with their parents. Annika Sorenstam has competed here with her dad. So this is kind of another step in the evolution of this wonderful championship. Yeah, it's a cool event. I mean, we, we yeah. all fell in love with it last year. I mean, that was yeah. really one of the, the late-season events of the season. But getting a chance to play with your parent, oh. especially a parent that potentially introduced you to the game, you know, I, I get asked the, the, the dream foursome question a lot. You yeah. know, go on podcast radio, who's your dream foursome? And I always say, my uncle, my dad, and then whomever else you want to throw yeah. in there because those are the people I want to play golf with the yeah. most. I want to play golf with my family. I want to play golf with my uncle. I want to play golf with my dad. That's the happiest I am on the golf course. I'm sure Nelly feels the same. Oh, and neat to see the body language comparisons like Davis Love the Third and Drew side by side and kind of the mannerisms that we see. And you'll see smiles from these players like Bernard Langer winning with his kids or, or David Duvall win. I mean, their smiles are as big as if they're winning claret jugs uh, at the height of their power. When you get consistent with a son or daughter in this yeah. event, it's also great to kind of watch the evolution of the mm. young person growing and hitting the ball yeah. longer and how sharp their game looks, you know, when they get to be 14 and 16 yeah. years of age. It is an unbelievable couch watch, I'd yeah. say. This is a great event. Sit on the couch. It's right around Christmas. Maybe you've already wrapped all the presents. Maybe you're stressing about the presents. This is an event to, to tune into. This is one of the events that you'd want to oh be a part goodness. of. Jason Lingo was like a little guy, like a, like a little baby boy. And then he's like <laughs> almost as tall as his dad. And he's striping three woods, 250 and change. My goodness. Speaking of Nellie Corda, earlier this year it was Nellie Corda. She had, remember she had two eagles in the final yes. round? KPMG Women's PGA Championship. You'd have two eagles mm. around the lead. Probably going to take home a, a major for the first time. No doubt. With the win, Corda also took the number one spot in the world rankings, becoming the first American to hold the top spot since Stacey Lewis in 2014. Annual proceeds from the KPMG Women's PGA Championship helped to fund the KPMG Future Leaders Program, an initiative aimed at developing future generations of female leaders through scholarships, mentorship, leadership development, and an introduction to golf. After four years in the program, this year's graduating class of KPMG future leaders didn't let the physical distance between them stand in the way of celebrating and reflecting on their journey over the last few years. Over the course of the past year and a half, you all have been through a lot. You've all conquered so many challenges. It was really cool to see all the other future leaders, just inspiring too, to hear the people having all these ideas about what our college future would look like and beyond, and to see those same folks like just out there living, doing all that they set out to accomplish, excelling, exceeding. It just made me so proud of the impact that KMBMG has had 
on these individuals. They're an EMT. They supported the medical field within the pandemic. They're tutoring. They're just doing so much. And I'm just like, wow, like these people are amazing. Over the last four years, you've made sacrifices, put in hard work, and persevered through personal and academic challenges. You have earned this moment, and nobody can take that from you. Being a part of this program, seeing how unapologetic other leaders are, it gives me that same momentum and energy and drive to also be confident and go out in the world, get what I want, and be a support to other people, other women, other young folks. It was very intimidating for me, but they assured me that I was so strong-willed that I was very confident that I could be able to get through it. They really did put in our heads that nothing is impossible. Everything that we do, we can set our mind to. Exploring this idea of leadership and applied that more to my life. What can I be exposed to from other people that I can put in my leadership bank myself, but also that I have a unique perspective and voice and that that needs to be shared. Very, very cool. Let's flash back, D. You want to flash back to uh, last October? Yeah. Phil Mickelson, final round. MG Ambassador. 65. Dominion Energy oh. Charity Classic. Two victories on PGA Tour champions for Phil Mickelson. Impressive. It was looked like he was just going to I mean, dominate this forever. I mean, he's winning these tournaments by a lot. Kind of dominate whatever he wants to. You yeah. know, he can go in the Watermaker. They kind of bounce back and play a little over. 57. We take a look at the Charles Schwab Cup playoffs. 72 players. The regular season money list qualify. Three events. Double points earned in each playoff event. Playoff points added to the regular season totals as fields are cut down. So you see 54, 36. And the winner gets a cool million dollars. How about Phil Mickelson wanting to support PJ Tour champions and wanting to hang out with Jim Furyk and Patty Harrington and Jimenez and Lee Jansen. I mean, he is a part of the fabric of this tour, and I'm surprised. And, and really, I, I think changing what the PGA Tour champions can look like for the next five to ten years, mm. I think surprise is the right word to yeah. use. I don't think Phil Mickelson was the type of player that you'd expect to play out on the PGA Tour champions when he turned 50. I feel like what we saw Phil do on the PGA Tour this year, winning a major championship, now the oldest player to ever do that, changes his trajectory for the next five years yeah. as well. So I don't think we're going to see him as much maybe as we expected to see him on PGA Tour champions because he's always going to lean back mm. on the victory, right? Who cares what the year looked like? I won the PGA Championship, yes. and that's what Phil Mickelson should be saying. But when he does show up, people watch. People yeah. want to watch Phil Mickelson. It feels like the old senior tour. I mean, yeah. It feels like when you'd see Jack out there and Arnie out there and fans would flood to these events mm. and it would be packed, it would look like, uh, you know, almost tiger-like in terms of the galleries around these greens. Phil Mickelson has that ability to do that so on this tour. So he's going to win on this tour, which he's done, but does it also change maybe the fabric of this tour, the dynamic of this tour, in that he is such a, a world-class player that it's going to be harder for the the Langers and the Jay Haases and the players in their 60s, you know, the Tom Laymans to actually win trophies because this guy, this guy is, is one of the best to ever do it. Well, the PGA Tour says 
Likely, yes, but it doesn't say always. I mean, think right. about this year on the PGA Tour. Sure, we've had young players dominate. We've had players in their 40s and 50s win and win multiple times. Right. And so, sure, a 50-year-old player that hits the ball a long, long way, just like Phil Mickelson does, will win a lot on PGA Tour champions. But it doesn't mean they're going to dominate. It doesn't mean other players in their 60s can't win. Okay. What I, what I look at even deeper than Phil Mickelson is just this crop. And we talked about it last week, Ernie Els and Jim Furyk. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, Stricker, yep. you know, Podrick Harrington now dab, dabbling a little bit on PGA Tour champions. It's not just Phil Mickelson. Yeah. It, is a, it is a group of legendary players all turning 50 around the same time. That is going to be what's dominant on PGA Tour champions. It's a group of legendary players turning 50, and it's a group of fit legendary yes. players turning 50 and they grew up in this generation of working out look at phil mickelson's body Patrick harrington looks the same jim Furyk, you know fantastic basketball player in high school can still hoop it i mean these guys are they're athletic they are athletes they look good they were competitive in their 40s they were winning tournaments in their 40s and Phil's case in his 50s, and I think that's going to be very hard for the players that we're used to seeing kind of on the back end of their PGA Tour champions career to really hang with some of these young bucks. It's Again, kind of going back to the PGA Tour analogy for a moment, I mean, the, the distance and the added ability to hit the ball longer these yeah. days helps yep. players in their 60s, much like it helps players in their 40s on the PGA Tour. I mean, you can't count out some of the legends that yeah. are still out there competing because they've won so much, but it's just going to be harder and harder to win. When you're 42 years of age, even Ricky Fowler and Roy McIlroy, who mm. are 32 years of age, what the PGA Tour looks like now, how young the PGA Tour has become, how deep the PGA Tour is. I don't argue that this is the best the PGA Tour has ever been, yeah. but it's the deepest the PGA mm. Tour has ever been. And that is going to creep into PGA Tour champions. Yeah. You're just going to see deeper and deeper fields with so many more players that are going to be high on the odds list yeah. that will have a chance to take home a trophy each and every week. And now you got to take, you got to battle Phil Mickelson and take three yeah. trophies from him that he's inevitably going to win. And you're going to have to take three trophies from Jim Furyk yeah. that he's inevitably going to win. There's just less events out there. There's less trophies out there to win if you're somebody in their 60s and beyond. And the thought was that Phil Mickelson and Jim Furyk would have made so much money that they wouldn't want it. They wouldn't need it. These Athletes. Are two of the They're top money earners of all time in this game, and they want to compete. They want a place to play. They still want to kick each other's butts. And what a beautiful gift that it is to the PGA Tour champions to have these legendary players still want to compete post age 50. Well, what a crop. It, it, really, is, it really is impressive yeah. to, to just look at this crop. And I think you and I were both a bit surprised when it all popped up at the same oh time. Oh, my gosh, When yeah. all these names showed up yeah. at the same time. Because when you watch PGA Tour champions, if you're not paying attention to the guy, yeah. at times it feels like you're watching a PGA yeah. Tour tournament. I mean, Padraig Harrington, top five of the PGA this year. Phil yeah. Mickelson wins the PGA. This is not just a young man's game. Yeah. And so occasionally you're going to see these legends play PGA Tour champions, mm. but they're still going to go out there and compete on the PGA Tour. Padraig Harrington told us, what, two weeks ago, that he thinks he can still win a major championship. Yeah. He's just got to be perfect when he does it. Never played Tim Aquana. I got buddies who invited me to play. Seeing Phil there and that backdrop with the fifth pretty sweet spot very very cool down in jacks well coming up next on golf today we pose the question which player at their best is Ooh. the best in the world i'm gonna guess dustin johnson gets a vote or two better be in the conversation i bet he gets a vote what about colin morikawa he get a vote sure should golf today brought to you by Points bet. This season, don't just bet. Live your bet life. And Bushnell Golf and the new wingman. Crank up your game. And by the new Ping I-59 forged iron. It's different at its core. 
Golf Today. Brought to you by PointsBet. It's Golf Today. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Damon Hack. You see uh, right in front of us down there where it says PointsBet. If D Hack wins another bet this week, you might have to put your name under there somewhere. Dude, I'm grinding. Like, I got to find a third straight lock of the week it's hard to do but I'm enjoying it it's making me kind of look at the game in a different way you know you can kind of look at stats and numbers in a different way trends and so far I've I've got the thing licked. I, I like uh, Jay Croucher coming on and just kind of walking us through how stuff's set. Yeah. Again, I think that kind of opens up another door to the way we look at golf tournaments mm. week to week because we look at the way people are playing we look at you know who's played well at a golf course. You yeah. and I can do all that research, but to dive into how you set numbers yeah. is a really really cool way to look look at the golf tournaments. I've even seen it in live golf tournaments where you say you know the the, the odds change from the winner coming from the final pairing, yeah. or is somebody going to make birdie on this hole? And you can kind of see those live odds. It actually tells a pretty good story mm. of how the golf tournament's going. It really does. I think Jay Croucher is probably is safe. I know you're saying I'm, I'm kind of tiptoeing. No, I, I, I texted him after that. I told him he's, you're, he's you're coming. He's concerned. For him. I got I got a ways to. Go. Go yet, you know, a couple of weeks does not a trend make, but but so far so good. And I'm having a lot of fun dissecting the game in this way. Is this you at your best? Is this the best Damon oh, Hack gambler? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Okay, right now. this is your best. This is Damon at his best. Yes. At his best. Well, let's talk about players at their best. Mm. Look at the official World Golf Rankings. John Rahm's taking some rest. He is number one in the world. Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa. Cantlay, Xander, Bryson, JT, Rory, Louie at 9, mm. and Kepka there at the 10th. We know what Rory McIlroy just did on Sunday, and he chatted about how good he is after the victory. I know that, you know, when I, when I do the things that I do well, you know, this is what I'm capable of. I'm capable of, you know, winning a lot of events on the PJ Tour and, you know, being the best player in the world, something we talked about at the start of the week as well. So... Um, it's just a matter of me, me getting back to playing golf. I'm playing golf my way, um, and that starts with being creative and being visual, um, and maybe sort of, you know, sifting through the technical thoughts and not maybe being as technical with it. Rory, opening up. Time for best at their best, and this is an argument we've brought up. Rory McIlroy on this show. Day we've brought up Ricky Fowler on this show already. Those were names that would have been in this discussion, I yeah. feel like, if we'd have done this three years ago. But the PJ Tour has changed. It evolves. Who, to you, is, at, is the best when they're at their best? Which player is the best golfer in the world when they're rocking and rolling? I so want to say Rory McIlroy because there's a beautiful freedom to watching him play golf, height of power. I don't believe he is there yet, the victory in Las Vegas notwithstanding. I so want to say Brooks Kepka, who I have said is the most mentally tough golfer out there since the heyday of Tiger Woods. But I will say... John Rahm because he passes the eye test, he passes the stat test, the smell test, however you want to dissect it. John Rahm is the best player in the game at his best. He's the world number one. He's first in a zillion categories, strokes gained total, first in strokes gained key to green in 2021, scoring average, birdie average, number one in the world, major champ, 15 top tens, first in front nine scoring average, first in late scoring average. John Rahm, he's just, he's a weighty, meaty, modern player. He looks like he takes up a lot of space. He does take up a lot of space. And right now, it is so fun to watch a player who I believe is separating himself from his peers. I felt that when I walked off that golf course at Whistling Straits, despite Europe losing, that John Rahm was the undisputed best at his best. 
There's two answers to the question here, and you took one of them. You took world okay. number one, and, and I'll take the other. It's world number two. We didn't necessarily go off the board We're with our shock. answers. Uh, John Rahm, the most consistent player in golf right now. Yeah. Dustin Johnson showed us late last year, you know, when, you, when we returned to golf with Dustin Johnson, the way he was able to play showed what he can do mm. when everything's clicking. You look at the last seven months, basically from the Travelers until Saudi early in 2021. Mm. A win at the Travelers, runner-up at the PGA, 30 under to win the Northern Trust. Remember, we shot 30 under. Remember that. Second at the BMW, wins the Tour Championship, T6th at Wingfoot at the U.S. Open, T2nd at the Houston Open, wins the Masters, wins Saudi. That is dominance, D. That is dominant, yeah. dominant, dominant golf. There's not a lot of players that can go on a run like that. There's players that are unbelievable in the game. You already mentioned a few of them. I'd throw Colin Morikawa in the list as well. But when I look at guys that can really go on a run and prove how dominant they are over a long stretch, it's John Rahman and it's Dustin yeah. Johnson. Those are the answers. 2012, 2013, 14. Uh, this is what I expected to see from Dustin Johnson. He kept teasing us, giving us these glimpses, these moments, uh, and then it would be a, whatever an incorrect scorecard or, or ground in the club or an 80 uh, at an ill time. But he has the best kind of short memory in the like an NFL cornerback. You get beat and you tee it up and you go back out there again and find a way to get the job done. DJ has proven that he can get on consistent streaks that bear trophies. And that's what John Rahm's next step is. We saw DJ in 2017 absolutely separate himself from the best players in the world, separate himself from his peers. I think DJ still has another run like that in him. I believe John Rahm does as well. And who beat DJ in that BMW last year? It was, it was John Rahm. John Rahm got the job done. So these two guys, these two Brahma Bulls, I think both do things just a little bit differently with their consistency, their consistent brilliance. They do it in different ways. DJ, a flatliner. Rom a little more volatile. But they both have the ability to separate themselves from their peers. Are these the two? If you had a pick on a Sunday at a major championship to have yeah. a final pairing, is this the two you'd pick right yeah. now? Gosh, you know, I, I, Brooks, again, the, the injury thing is, is bothering me. I didn't like his Sunday at all. I was waiting for him to start playing chess with Phil Mickelson, and he was playing chess, and Phil and Phil was playing Phil was playing chess, and, and Brooks was kind of playing checkers. I was shocked at some of the decisions he made, especially on the par five, hitting him in the places where he absolutely could not. And you've talked about Brooks's uh, lacking Sundays in majors of late. I'm not concerned big picture, but I want to see him be the player who says he's going to win double-digit majors and potentially chase down Tiger and Jack in terms of all-time major championship winners. I do believe that DJ and Rom right now, you can lean on them a little bit more. You can trust them a little bit more. But I believe Brooks will be back in the fray. But I want to see JT there more consistently as well. And I don't think we should overlook Colin Morikawa, who, who finds himself on a new golf course seemingly every other month and goes ahead and finds a way to get the job done. I, I think you said it earlier about Brooks Kepka and the major championships, the mentality, and he being yeah, the he toughest player it. since Tiger Woods. Yeah. I think if the question was who's the best at major championships, the answer would obviously Brooks, be Brooks Kepka with yeah. the way he's played early in his major championship career. But when you're looking at consistent golf week for to a week. long, long yeah. stretch, and Dustin Johnson's ability to just go to a new tournament no matter what happened last week, and show up, go through the exact same process that he went through the week before, knowing that everybody started at even par. Yeah. And you look at John Rahm, shows up at every event. Think about what happened at the Memorial. And to go out to the U.S. Open and win the very next event on his schedule, yeah. it shows a lot. It shows a lot more than what we see in, on the paper, and it shows a lot more than what we see in the stats. It takes, it takes something different and unique to be consistent as a professional athlete, especially a professional golfer, because this sport is supposed to beat you down. Yeah. This sport is supposed to best you a lot. 
And these are two players that, for whatever reason, can kind of sneak around the bullets when they're shooting them like it's the Matrix. Such a great point, because for Brooks Kepka, I think early in his career, he was able to say, you know what, I only care about the major championships and go win them and pick them off one at a time. But then he got hurt and consistently got hurt. And now his day is spent, well, I got to do seven hours of rehab just to show up at the Masters. And now the calculus and the calculations are different in how he spends his time and trying to find a way to peak for major championships for him, which means he has to perform on the PGA Tour as well. So you're right. I do think it's a different gear in being the guy who can show up week after week after week, whether you got a little niggling, you know, back injury or you didn't sleep well the night before, to be a consistent person in contention week to week is very hard to do. You know, the, the Masters put out this great video following the 2020 Masters called the one in November. And there was a line in that video where it said, if your job, you had 51 weeks out of your year to prepare for one week, how good would you be mm. at your job? And when you think about Brooks Kepka and the way he approaches professional golf right now, four weeks matter to Brooks Kepka. Yeah. And I think everything else is great. And it's an awesome life that he lives. There's a difference in preparing for four weeks and preparing for a full season. Yeah. And what I've seen from Dustin Johnson and what we've seen already from John Rahm is they're able to look at 12 months, a calendar mm. season, and go, I can do this. Yeah. I can play from Jan until August, and I'll play similar style of golf. That is a hard, hard thing to do. Yeah. And to me, that's what separates good from great yeah. is when the consistency follows the wins. I want to see victories. I want to see more wins from Rahm. And I talk about these first and first and scoring average and birdies. And you want more first. I want more first with the trophies. And listen, he had one you know, likely taken from him. The positive test at Memorial, he had to say goodbye to that six-shot lead. So we know that was obviously an outlier type of situation. But you know, if you want to be remembered in this game and you want to be an all-time great in this game, it is all about the victories. At the end of the day, no one remembers how many top tens or top fives or top threes somebody had. Unless you're Jack and you have 18 majors and 19 runner-ups, that's a special category. <laughs> but for the most part, I think these players know that it's about victories. And I love the feistiness of players who get angry you know, when second place is no good and they hate losing more than they love winning. And I need that energy from these players. And I love that Justin Thomas is the player who enunciates that, how much losing absolutely gets under his skin. I want that energy from this level of player. So you've told me who you think is the best at their best. Yes. I've told you who I think is their best at their best. Wouldn't it be great if we could find out what everybody watching? Oh, oh we can. Oh, Look at that. It's called social media. How about that? Which player is currently the best at their best? Weigh in for a chance to be featured on the show. That is live on Twitter.com, I hear. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. We, that's what that's social media. So you send it out and then people can respond. There's another player who's pretty darn good at his best still to come on golf today. To play a game with the birthday boy, Louis Oistazen, on his <laughs> birthday. What gift will we give the 2010 Open champion? Stick around to find out. I need Louis to call in to the show and to tell you if you're pronouncing it correctly or incorrectly. Spot on. It's spot on. Screws. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Despacito. Despacito. birthday, Louis Oisthuizen. Certainly had his share of close calls in his career. In that first pro win, 2007 on the Sunshine Tour, earned his first European Tour win March of 2010 at the Andalusia Open. Of course, won the Open at St. Andrews in July of 2010, lost in the playoffs at the 2012 Masters 2015 Open, also at St. Andrews. Six runner-ups, eight total top threes in majors since that only major win, but earlier this month, Louis saying, no regrets. When you're at your farm, when you have some idle time, do you look back to last year and wonder what could have been? No, not really. Um, I think um, I think it was more just after the events that um, showed of you. You know, you you think you know what could have been, and and uh, you try and shake it off really quickly because there was always the next one coming, the next event. Um, but um, but yeah, it's. Um, you know, it, it could have been a, a really good season, um, but uh, you know, my whole goal always is to try and get my game in a good spot when it gets to majors, and and try and give myself a chance. You know, playing back nine of a of a major championship, and, and see if I can do something. And I've done that pretty well last year, and um, it's now just you know getting that that next step by by winning the championship. Played some great golf in 2021, led the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting to Louis Hazen, and it's perfect gift for no what-if time, D-Hack. Which, mm. uh, which event of all those runners-up did Louis uh, not win that you wish he would have won, that you wish he would have taken home? 2012 Masters. And I'll do respect to the incredible imagination and shot-making of one Bubba Watson, uh, but you, you, I'm someone who loves and appreciates this golf swing of Louis Hazen. Uh, I was covering golf for Sports Illustrated and the New York Times at the height of his power and seeing what he did at the Open and seeing this opportunity. I remember speaking to the South African billionaire, Johan Rupert, who ran the Sunshine Tour for so many years in South Africa, and he said it was his greatest regret that Charles Schwartzel of South Africa did not put that green jacket over one of his best friends in Louis Eustace. And what a moment that would have been for South African golf, which, of course, is in a fantastic state. But think about... What a watershed moment that would have been for that country. And Johan told me the two regrets are that Charles didn't put the jacket 
on Louie and that Tom Watson didn't win that sixth Open championship. And I, and I got goosebumps when he told me that, but especially that Louie loss uh, to the magician Bubba Watson. The nice part about that, which yeah. I, I like the fact that you're being fair here, yeah. is Bubba won a Masters. Oh, my goodness, he won, yeah. I mean, he, he, he would have had his Masters, and then Louie would have had his He lost to one of the Masters. great shots uh, I, I'm going to go a little deeper into, into the history side of things, okay. and I'll take you to 2015, the Open okay. Championship at St. Andrews. We know what he did in 2010, winning by seven. It was 2015. Remember, this is oh. Louie looking at the whole days, a la Jordan Speed. Oh. It was a playoff loss for Louie. Makes big putts at the 17th and the 18th. Oh! But then he started to miss him in the playoff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he'd have been the sixth player ever joining the likes of Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas to win two Open oh, Championships those guys? at St. Andrews. A <laughs> couple of dudes. You heard of them? You heard of them? We talk about them on the show. Ever. Oh, uh, but I, I just think about dominant runs at the old course, and it seems to make sense to certain players. Yeah. It really makes sense to Louie. I would have just loved to see him snag a, another Claire Jug there yeah. at St. Andrews because he'd been so dominant there in 2010. Gosh, he plays a beautiful game. He has a wonderful golf swing. And, and you think about the great courses and the great templates of our game, these temples of our game. Augusta National is one, and the old course is one. And I can't help but think about that double. And you talk about the double to have a potentially 2010 win and a 2015 win. I hope that at the age of 39, and we've been spending a lot of this couple of hours talking about kind of where players are and what Ricky has left in his 30s and what, what Rory has and what Phil has been able to do. I wonder what Louis Eustazen has going forward because he has perspective he has life behind him he knows he's been criticized early in his career that he didn't quite double down on that win in 2010 and that maybe he did like to spend a lot of time on his tractor but I tell you what when I talked to him at Torrey Pines he was wide awake wide open knows that he still has some great opportunities ahead I just wonder in the era of Rom and DJ and Colin Morikawa if they can potentially bear fruit for him the uh, that crop of players in and around the age of 40 and into yeah. their 40s you think about Adam Scott you think about Justin Rhodes you think about Sergio Garcia it's been very interesting that Louis was the guy this year that really really mm. stepped up in the big events it came so close to winning multiple majors his game translates his game Reminds me a lot of what we see from Colin Morikawa. When you're an yeah. unbelievable ball striker, you can play any golf course. Mm. Every golf course makes sense to you. Every golf course plays in your head. And we saw it this year with different types of golf courses, different style of golf for Louis, And he can play mm. all of it. The golf game works everywhere. Do you think we see Louie win another major championship before it's all said and done? Gosh, I, I say yes. I'm, I'm just handing out majors today. Yes. Ricky, really, right? How Ricky, many years in are we? I, mean, I, I have a tendency to do that sometimes, the optimist that I am. But I do believe that he continues to put himself there as often as he does. You don't have to play perfect golf on a Sunday. At some point, someone may double the last. Right. And, and, and he may be the last man standing. That's, that's so often how it does happen in this game. I don't think Louis Ustazen has to play perfect golf to win his second major championship. Just continue to be there, and he has the game, especially with the improved putting that continues to put him in position. Do you think so? Oh, we, as much as we talk about Brooks Kepka, I don't think yeah. we give enough credit to Louis at these major championships, yeah. Yeah. how consistent he is in the majors. And you said it. It just takes a double. Yeah. It takes somebody flubbing a chip yeah. or hitting a ball in, in penalty area, mm. and all of a sudden, you're mm. the major champion. Yeah. Louis did that at mm. Torrey. You know, he yeah. made the bad swing at Torrey. For Louis, one of these days, yeah. keep putting yourself there, and it will, I think, mm. eventually happen. I think he'll snag another yeah. one in the next 10 years. Love talking old course in Augusta National. We'll see both venues in play in 2022. But Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome back to Golf Today. Time now for Tuesday Trivia. Oh, yes. Tough one. 2007 Walker Cup. Ricky Fowler defeated Roy McIlroy in a forces match. Who was Ricky's partner that day? Both took a crack at this. Yep. I think we both got it. Yeah. It's kind of what I think about when I think about the 07 Ooh, Walker reveal. Cup. It was Billy Horschel. Billy Ho. Big time this? Billy. You remember he, he really rubbed Rory the wrong way that day. Said uh, his antics got to him. And Rory said he made a, a humongous putt late. I gave it the loudest come on you've ever heard. I think he got the point. I mean, look at Billy running around. I mean, Billy's a few. Look, I mean, look at this. That's a Florida Gator. We, we need we need Billy Horschel. We, we need Billy Horschel to be in red, white, and blue. We Yeah. We need yeah. him in one. We need him in, in one event. Put him in some red, white, and blue. Let's see what it looks like. Get him out there at singles against Rory. Oh, sign me up. Give me a ticket. All right. That's uh one question, how about this question? Which player is currently the best at their best way in for a chance to be featured on the show? Not much time left in the show. Do we have some answers? Yeah, yeah. So remember how I told you this works? Yes. They can just respond. Okay. If Rory McIlroy's on his game, no one is better. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, that's 10 years ago, Recency 7 years bias. ago. A little bit, a little bit. DJ. El Tigre said uh, Dustin Johnson. El Tigre said that? Yeah. Tiger said that? Yeah, okay. Like his burner? Like his burner account? Right. John Rahm. They added an H. Short game and putting is by far better than anyone else. I mean, you're, you're right. You're, you're, you're right. He, John Rahm is my guy. That's my pick for the best at his best. I, I got I got a hat of the day. Do you now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this comes from Ia J. Um, oh, Aaron Ia Johnson. Yeah, our Ia Johnson. She never misses fairways. No, by the way. no. This Muskegon Country Club. That's Michigan, old, though. Don, no, that's, no, no, no. Wisconsin. That's, that's, this a, is, that's uh, the state of Michigan, isn't it? This is Donald Ross design. I, I don't. I'm not. Listen, I just get the hats handed to me, buddy. I don't. Can know we get Ia on heads? Ia, you got any information that, on this? Is that not the state of Michigan on that? The Upper Peninsula. It's Michigan. Maybe maybe it's adjacent. It's, uh, maybe it crosses yeah. over. You know, there's a, I, I there's a course in, in Texas that has a hole that you can hit on the green down in Mexico. You can take another look at that one. Yeah, that's a great point. What do you got? It's a beautiful it's hat, waving, by the way. Waving at Michigan. So I'm looking at the Upper Peninsula. That's where, like, you know, Steve Mariucci and Tom Izzo are from. I'm, I, I, I apologize to so, College Central, as everybody probably just turned the television on. We, we're going to turn to the experts pretty, the, the hat. pretty we soon. We probably, probably get to some experts. This has been a fun show. We covered a lot of ground today. I mean, just to see Rory and Ricky back in the frame over the weekend, I mean, that's good for the soul of the golf fan, don't you think? I, I, absolutely. Seeing Ricky Fowler play solid golf is something that we can look ahead to 2022 and be really, really yes. excited about. I know he's in the field at the Zozo this week. But for Ricky Fowler, again, we want to see mm. a full season of the Ricky of old. Yeah. We got a taste of it, and it was nice. College Central next, Matt Adams and Jim 
Gallagher Jr. Jim, is it Michigan or Wisconsin? <laughs>